By the way, I, uh, I'm having myself a little tea party over here. Notice. Tea party for what? Do not uh, bring that shit in this podcast, Nicole. That I, tea shit. Why? You don't want me to talk about tea? That was the George <gasps> made podcast thing where we talked about tea and... You don't want to know about the tea that I'm drinking No, right please, now? go ahead. I'm just making a joke about how... For our, our, our last podcast, it was like... Well, we started every episode talking about food, like, yes. for no reason. Like, every episode was us just talking about what... I think we were just, like, always hungry Yeah. when we did that show, and yeah. so it was, like, always about food. Well, because the uh, Feminine Mistake podcast originally, like, in the first iteration, we had tons of snacks, and then for the, the George, so George, 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 George Bates podcast, we decided to get rid of the snacks. Well, because so, we were recording in a podcast studio, and it seemed inappropriate to bring food to the studio. Yes. <laughs> Seemed dickish to do. And I, I suppose I could eat at my desk right now as we record this, but I just feel like it would be weird, right? And you're being filmed too, so. And I'm being filmed, so yeah, that's true. You don't want to watch me eat cheese. I don't <laughs> eat cheese anymore either. So. You don't want to <laughs> watch me eat hummus and crackers. Ooh. Well, yeah, nobody wants to see that on, on camera, right? Unless you do. Who would. In which case, if that's your kink, uh, just shoot me an email at feminine mistake podcast at gmail.com and I'll eat crackers for you all the live long day. Just for you. Just for you, listener. Um, welcome to the Feminine Mistake Podcast. Uh, we watch movies and TV shows. We dig into the deep recesses of your childhood and uh, and pull out of that place, those dark reaches, uh, movies. <laughs> Sarah does not like where I was going with that. We pull out the movies out of your childhoods and we talk about the women in the movies and how they've been written. Oh boy. Uh, this is a funny, this is a fun place to start. Am I right? Anyway, that's what this show is about. We talk about uh, how women are portrayed in films and make a, make jokes about it. I just that's realized that on our last episode, we didn't tell people who we are. We've been for for, for fuck. For, you're right. It's like that. we just assume that we know. You're right. All right. Well, let's do. Thank you, Sarah, for pointing out my my my. I just assumed if you're here, you know who we are. We've been recording the show for four years. I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm Sarah, a different host. A different host. Uh, two hosts for the price of one. Also, uh, we have a special guest with us today who we're super excited to have us rejoining for part two of our uh, part two of this discussion. Uh, Justine uh, Gendron, podcaster, filmmaker, amazing woman. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Quote an intro. Thank you for joining us for this <laughs> lively discussion about the princess bride which is what we will be talking about today so happy to be here yes we're so happy to have you super fucking happy to have you uh before we get into the princess bride let's let's just shoot the shit for a moment uh sarah and i okay so let me back this up ava davis who was our guest on uh the all about eve episode is an amazing amazing person and she has been the glue that has been holding our friend group together the glue, every, the glue. every week she puts together a happy hour that we all do over zoom on fridays and then we watch a movie she streams us a movie for all of us to watch i think my our friend boss put it well where he said that it's like <laughs> she's like a babysitter that puts yes. on a movie for a bunch of unruly kids, and the and kids are like, "They're like, why? Where are the subtitles? I can't hear. I can't hear it. Well, can you move the cur- cur- cursor? Can you make it full screen?" Yeah, she <laughs> she's really patient with us. But every week we've been watching movies. I've watched so many movies this summer. Oh, there's two things I feel like. Did you watch Guns Akimbo with us, Sarah? I watched. Pro- okay, so here's the thing, Nicole. <laughs> okay, please I, tell me because I feel like you're there and then suddenly you're not there. Yeah, I've been falling asleep at like <laughs> eight or thirty. Like I literally like I turn it on and then like I just like fall asleep and I w- 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 wake up in the middle of the night and the screen is blank and and I'm you don't like, remember what happened. No, it's like what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, well, that's the Kimbo you did not miss. Early. I I'm okay. I, I didn't watched, fucking like that movie. I just I want to watched, put that out there. Didn't fucking like that movie one bit. I watched m- a, a lot of that. Like I watched most of that, but I think I fell asleep before the end. 
I did not like that movie. Yeah. It, it rubbed my, it made my hackles go up. Yeah. <laughs> did you see it, Justine? I have not seen it, but I know of it. Yeah. It made me feel icky. Yeah. Mm. And also, I was just like, I'm so tired of this trope of like, nerdy guy who, the, honestly, the most impressive thing about that movie was Daniel Radcliffe's American accent, which was yes. pretty fucking Very good. Very good. Very good. Um, I'm so tired of this like, nerdy guy who like, suddenly has to be an action hero, kicking ass, and then forming a relationship with a wayfish like like the stand-in of like a strong female character we're gonna make her strong by making her basically a man but we're gonna make her a woman and make her really like hyper masculine because that's what we think of as a strong female character but then also make her super wayfish so she looks super tiny like she could blow away in the wind yeah it's like all of that, I, I just, I've had it. Also, the movie, like, the dialogue was, ugh. It was really I just, bad. I could not shit on this movie enough. I just don't, I did not like it. It was so fucking bad. I did not like it. I'm I'm yeah. mad. Oh, yeah. I'm mad. angry with this movie. Yeah. It was not good. It was, it was gross, too. It was gross, but not in a way that I enjoyed. Because sometimes I like something that's gross, and this movie... Like the the scene where he eats the hot dog. Did you watch? Did you get that far? I think where so. Where the bum yeah. gives him a hot dog yes. that's been like sitting in his trash pile, and he eats it with the guns fucking stra- like stapled to his hands. And I was like, I don't. Why do I don't want to watch this? I don't want to watch Daniel Radcliffe deep throat a hot dog while he's got <laughs> guns stapled to his hands. I don't. I didn't want this. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Somebody did. Somebody did. And they gave the money to make this movie and it makes me so mad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Those are my thoughts on Guns Akimbo. Uh, We also this week uh, watched Turbo Kid. Or I did. Sarah, did you watch it? I watched a bit of it. I watched um, until (laughs) I think uh, there was a part where um, the, I don't know, the girl, the lead... Some are you talking about the robot girl? you know she's a robot right i didn't spoilers. know I left, I left shit i'm so sorry is i spoilers for 2015's turbo kid this movie came out in 2015 i'm not gonna watch it i turned it off i, I actually i didn't fall asleep with like it you on. chose to turn it off i chose to turn it off you're like i'm done so what was it for you that made you turn it off her way she behaved like you I, mean the manic pixie yes apocalypse dream yes. girl yes yeah. it, was. it was like right after you you made that comment i was like yep and I was like, That's- I'm I'm fall- falling asleep. I should close this and like n- n- not even say goodbye. Like I'm just like, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, it was like Mad Max meets Roller Babies meets The Goonies ki- with a manic pixie dream apocalypse girl in it. That's my pitch for you, Justine, if you're ever interested in watching this movie, which Justine's does not face. look like you are. She's like, you. <laughs> It's better than Guns Akimbo. Actually, I enjoyed it. Um, I was frustrated with that aspect of it. But then once I found out she was a comp- like a robot, I was like, oh, I felt like that movie honestly was playing around with the those archetypes. Mm. But did they it program wasn't a-, a manic pixie dream girl? Like what? I guess so. Honestly, I'm going to be real with you, Sarah. I was chasing my kids and around and yelling at them a lot while also trying to watch the movie. So I missed large chunks of it. Mm. Oh, okay. And Francis had to explain a lot of the movie to me. Like I missed a whole chunk of it where I was putting the kids to bed. But I, here's what I'll say. It was, if you like like 80s nostalgia, like if you like 80s sci-fi apocalypse kind of movies, it had some fun takes on that. And it was shot in a way that was, I mean, it has way better cinematography than any of those low budget 80s kids movies did. Um, I like the actor who plays the young guy, the the young man in the the movie. I'm not really sure how old he was supposed to be because he acted like a kid, but he looked like a grown man. So I was very confused by his age. Yeah, he looked like he was like 20. But like, I guess he was supposed to be in his early 20s, maybe. No, I think he was supposed to be like 15. I think he was supposed to be like 15 kid turbo kid a kid is not in your well tw- no i know but the robot called 20s. him that he oh. didn't call himself that well he looked like a 
kid. I thought like, he, he was looked, an ad- he looked like an adult. They like a dressed young adult him kid. like a kid in they high did. school. But I thought it was because he couldn't get beyond his parents like death and so he never really grew up that's what i thought it was i didn't see enough of it to know so i can't say anyway i liked him i thought he was great i liked him a lot i liked the girl too it's just like you said i was like oh another manic pixie dream girl i fucking can't with this shit i'm so fucking sick of that shit don't give it to me anymore do not give it to me (laughs) yeah unless you're gonna turn it on its head i don't want it do you think that it's so like cliche that people write them without knowing that they're writing them yes absolutely they think they're writing an interesting woman but they make her very childlike and yeah yeah i gave it a little bit of a pass because she turned out to be a robot and i was like oh well she's literally not a human so i guess that's i don't know manic pixie dream bot manic (laughs) pixie dream bot exactly um but what I liked about it was that it like the score was all very it, it felt like an 80s movie, but it wasn't. It was it, sort of like, have you guys seen House of the Devil? Justine, have you seen House of the Devil? No. Greta Gerwig is in that, by the way. Uh oh. House of the Devil was made in like the early 2000s, but it looks like an 80s slasher movie. Like it's shot and 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 they even shot it on film stock, the same film stock that they would have used in like 1988 or whatever. And it's kind of like a satanic panic kind of movie. It reminded me of that in the sense that it was meant to evoke a particular time period. Um, And I think it did that very successfully. And also the violence in it was an absurd level of like it was absurdly disgusting, but like not in the same way of Guns Akimbo where I was just like revolted by it. It, it It looked a bit like in Monty Python and the Holy Grail when the knight gets his arms and legs chopped off. That's the kind of violence it was where it's just like blood skirt squirting or like the Adams family when Wednesday Adams is doing that scene where she cuts off uh Pugsley's arm and in the arm is just squirting blood that's mm-hmm. the kind of movie violence it was I'm mad that you watched an 80s like movie and missed the 80s mo- mo- movies that we've watched recently that we were like where's Nicole like I watched I watched no, no time to die with you guys or never too young to die I watched that there was one an- another one I think it was oh, like a yeah. horror film and we were like where's nicole oh i don't know um but anyway uh turbo kid i don't know if that was a recommendation that i just gave but i feel like if you like that sort of 80s nostalgia for like something like roller babies or even the 80s mad max it had a very 80s mad max kind of thing going on if you like that i think you would enjoy it and i thought the performances were good um again wasn't incredibly satisfied with the female characters in the movie but that's pretty on the regular for me it's pretty hard for me to find a movie where I'm satisfied in that way I enjoyed it and I thought it was entertaining and it was kind of a cool sci-fi flick and so I definitely if, if that sounds like your bag I can recommend Turbo Kid Guns Akimbo throw it in the trash just fucking flush it down the toilet but Turbo Kid I did like and Sarah, I'm sorry that you didn't watch all of it, but I don't think you would have cared for the violence at all. Yeah. I don't at one so. point, a guy like his intestines get wrapped around like a bike spoke. Like he gets disemboweled around a bike spoke. I don't think you would care for that at all. Mm-hmm. No. Justine, it doesn't look like you would either. No. But Gross. if you like disembowelment <laughs> in a creative way and an 80s synth music, then Turbo Kid is for you. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do a let's like a hard left. Let's make a hard left into the Princess Bride. Are you guys ready to revisit? Yeah, Princess Bride. Let's do it. The house is a mess, Jack. The kids are a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. You have been a total bitch ever since you came to New York. You seem sort of distant. Let's just do it, man. You look stupid and rich. Stupid and stupid and rich. Fascist. All right, let's get into it. By the way, I just want to say Christopher Guest. This I might love be his Christopher finest Guest. Role. Oh my gosh. He's so fucking good in this movie. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Like he is, he's like terrifying. Yeah. And funny at the same time. Like yeah. he is brilliant. I mean, in a, in a movie where there's like some of the best actors in the 1980s are in this movie. Yes. He really stands out to me as just like, like a real standout character in this film. All right, Sarah. That's all the that's all the bullshit I had to get through before we talk about the pit of despair. I just had to okay. get all that out of my system. 
what do you want to say about the pit of despair? Well, I love the guy who um, is the one who uh, has to. Does he clean him? He like Mel kind of, Smith, the the sort yes. of like underling Igor yes, type character. Yes, I really I like him a lot. The albino, yeah, that's his the name, albino. albino. Yeah, I like him a lot. Like he just seems really sweet and gentle. Yeah, and... he's a great character. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite underrated jokes. Like I laugh out loud every time when he's like, let pit have this fan. And then he clears his throat and then he talks <laughs> yeah. in a fresh British accent. Yeah. I yeah. love that joke so oh, much. Yeah. God, it's so brilliant. I love it. I love it. I love yes. it. I love um I love when he's saying like I can cope with torture and the guy is and he's like shaking his head but he looks delighted like that is a yeah. guy who likes his job. Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. loves working in the torture pit. He loves it. And then um the actual machine that sucks the life out of him uh, out of mm-hmm. what what Wesley when I was a kid I didn't think about it too hard but when I saw it this time I was like what is it doing? Like, like before they said Mm -hmm. it sucked the life out of you, like when you're just seeing it the first time and I'm just like, are those suction cups like suctioning his chest? Like in his It's a bit of a BDSM thing going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, the the life force. Okay. That, that this, the suction cups make sense now, but still like the first time you see it. I think if you think about the science of it too hard, like it's probably not meant to be under that type of a microscope. Cause I'm like, okay, there's water. It's yeah, I think we just need to chalk it up to the magic of the movie. Yeah, and I didn't understand. I mean, I know there are like several scenes. But I did write in... down, how does the machine work? Like, I want, exactly. I would love to pontificate <laughs> on exactly how does that machine work? Uh, so what is happening there? There are a few scenes in The Pit of Despair that like, you know, they're not, it's not all one long scene, but like the scene where he actually, um, the prince comes in and flips it up to 50 um, well, he gets pissed off because she basically calls him a coward. Yeah. Or she doesn't basically, she does call him a coward. She mm-hmm. says, you are afraid and I have this thing with Wesley that you'll never have and yeah. I'll never be yours, which yeah. it's interesting that that bothers him because he's going to murder her anyway. But yeah. I think the the very idea that he couldn't possess something that he wants mm-hmm. is what makes him angry. Yeah, because part. Humperdinck is this well-known like hunter tracker guy Mm. who is obsessed with collecting all wild animals which is not so much in the movie but is more so in the book yeah Yeah. they really didn't explain that very well yeah you're right you're right you're right so i so i'm sorry can you expand on that so how do you think that relates to what he gets angry about when she says that thing something that he'll never possess right I gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Actually, thank you, Justine. That clears up a lot for me because I was kind of hanging my hat on her calling him a coward. Uh, But yeah, I think you're right. It's the idea that he's a collector and he collects things. He's collecting her. He decided to go through and find the most beautiful woman in the township or whatever. And he's collected her and he's going to kill her and hang her up on his wall just like any of his other creatures. Ew. Um, I mean, yeah. metaphorically, not well. Really. That's a, in the book. The 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 pit of despair is all these levels of dangerous mm-hmm. animals he's captured. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about all that. J- J- Damn, Justine. Thank you for bringing that because I forgot. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's definitely that. It's that he can't ever have her. Like she will always, even if her body is in that castle, she's always going to belong to Wesley. Hmm. That totally makes sense. I love that scene where he's just like so enraged and he goes down there and pushes the lever up and and the count yells not to 50. Yeah. And like they're all standing there like the prince is looking very satisfied with the pain that he's caused. But everyone else in the room is kind of scared mm-hmm. yeah. by what's going on. Well, basically, like if it takes a year, like if one of those things is a year of your life, 50 mm-hmm. years. So what's he like 30, 25 to how old is he supposed to be? Fuck, he looks I like don't a know. baby. I want to say he, I mean, I, I would think in this time period that he probably left the farm when he was like 18 or 20. 
So I'm going to guess he's around 25. 25. Okay. So he yeah. would be 75. Well, people did not live to 75 in the t- those medieval times. So that's why he's dead. Well, yeah. also, like you saw what happened. I think that, the, again, the writing of this movie is very good. The way that they show you how bad it is just to do one year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's not just the number of years, but the stress on his body all at once. But also, yeah. he's not he's not completely dead, Sarah. He's only mostly dead. Mostly dead. Yeah. So they didn't get him all the way dead. Which <laughs> can we talk? Dead. I don't know if it's time for this yet, but the scene with Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. Miracle Max, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Billy Crystal's like yes. just huge improv scene where he's just improvising a bunch yeah, of Yeah, and I didn't know that that was Carol Kane <laughs> until the end uh, credit cre- credits. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, I love Carol Kane. She's yes. so amazing. Yes, let's talk about Miracle Max. So so Wesley, uh, so Buttercup and Wesley go through, you know, they, they're reunited. They go through the fire swamp. They're uh, confronted with the Count and Pumperdink outside. And then he makes a deal with her, you know, basically. Well, she she exchanges Wesley's life, right? She says, I'll go with you if you. And then he ends up in the pit of despair where he's being tortured uh, by the Count and his machine that sucks your life away. Interesting. Life is the most important thing. Sucking your the time away that you might spend with your beloved. That is the worst thing that can be done to you. It's not to have your nipples tweaked or to be poked with pot pokers. It's for time that you would spend with your beloved to be taken away from you. That's the worst thing that can happen. So, uh, and then of course the prince gets very angry and uh, and he kills Wesley using the machine. Shall we talk? Well, shall we? Shall we skip to the end <laughs> of this movie? Man and wife. Say man <laughs> and wife. So oh, appropriate. My God, that's I mean Mowage. Yes. I mean, it's a classic. <laughs> I want a T-shirt. There's got to be a T-shirt there out there. Totally but. are. I'm and sure. Love. Twoo. Um, so the gang's all here. They get Wesley back to life, which is very funny, by the way, to yes. me. All his flippy floppy. Is this before limbs. Weekend at Burnt Burnt Bernie's? I believe it is. I think this is the original Weekend at Bernie's kind okay. of situation. Um, he, so that, Wesley. His acting, his fifth, fifth, fifth. Physical acting in this scene is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I know he's he he's does, a it, funny he does guy. it very well. Um, he's very yeah he's very good at being like he's very good at being sultry and also funny. He's got I know. a what is a that? good mix of sultry and funny. Let Wesley into your heart a little bit, Sarah. Just let him in. Let him in. This, this scene amused Open me, especially his yeah. like yeah. Where he's like <laughs> rolling his head around. I know. I just love that. So they get back to the castle. It's the imp- odds are impossible, but they use the myth, the branding of the wet bread, dread pilot Roberts to get themselves in. I think there are two interesting things going on here. One, uh, a theme that's been carried throughout the movie is that dread pilot Roberts is a brand. It's a brand. It's like, it's like Dr. Who there's a different dread pilot Roberts, um, you know, to- <laughs> just she like that. She liked that comparison. Um, and also I think there's the idea of loyalty, which is something that comes mm. up in the movie a lot. Buttercup's loyalty is questioned. Wesley's loyalty in a sense is questioned because basically she's like, you didn't come back for me. And he's like, I'll, I, I, she, I, I'll, I'll, he said, I always will come back for you. And she's like, I'll never doubt again. There'll never be a need. So loyalty is a big theme here. All of those guys protecting the castle scatter. Mm-hmm. Because the person they're loyal, they're not loyal to that person. He doesn't inspire loyalty, right? And so they run at the first cloak on fire that they see. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it's not too hard to get into the castle once they invoke the name of the Dread Pirate Roberts. And then once they're, uh, of course, uh, Pumperdink and has rushed through the wedding. They didn't say their vows. I guess, I mean, in this time period, isn't consummation and signing some kind of document, isn't that what makes a marriage legal? So without the consummation, it's not legal anyway, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So there's Yeah, the whole consummation thing that like really creeps me out. I love that. I love that Wesley's just laid out in the in the honeymoon bed. Yeah. Just like no, but like they him. actually had people watch to make sure that they consummated the, mar- the, the 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 marriage. How awkward is that? 
I mean, believe me, I've been reading a lot of fanfics lately, so I am fully aware of that. A lot of arranged marriage fics, you guys. Wow. <laughs> I can't help it. It's quarantine. Quarantine <laughs> thirst. We haven't talked about quarantine thirst at all this whole episode, which is shocking. I blame Justine. I can't- just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just kidding. Dare you, Sarah? <laughs> you did um, not. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. I can't believe you didn't fall for Wesley simply because of the quarantine thirst. How can you not with that hair? Oof. You know? He's very cute. He's very cute. His yes. eyes are so beautiful. They're okay. Like the sea after a storm. Like the sea after <laughs> a storm. I'm melting. Okay. Uh let's talk about the end here. So I really want to talk about I want to talk about the speech that Wesley gives to Humperdinck. So also, I really want to acknowledge the fact that there's no final sword fight between the prince and Wesley. Mm -hmm. Like it's all smoke and mirrors. He still can't really move, but he gets love gives him the strength to stand up and pretend like he can. Yeah. And I think that another thing that this movie likes to say about evil and badness and being bad is that it's ugly. Mm. And ultimately what Wesley implies is that he will scar the prince enough that everyone will see how ugly on the outside, his ugliness on the outside will reflect his ugliness on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is a pretty fucking badass speech. Yeah. I did notice that the prince did not leap to his feet and attack Wesley when Wesley obviously was like about to fall and well, he obviously didn't have the strength. Yeah. But again, so print the buttercup has come back to just fucking kill herself, mm-hmm. which I wish we had a different thing going on than that, but okay. And Wesley gives that amazing speech. There's no co- final confrontation between them other than a battle of wits, which is, very interesting to me but what we do get which i assume is why we didn't get this because they didn't want to overshadow the battle between indigo and the count which is where our real final sword fight comes Mm -hmm. this scene is so satisfying you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah like it's like everything it's it's the performance and we haven't even touched on this but i do feel like something about this movie that you that doesn't hold up and that you wouldn't see today is that of course they're casting a white actor <laughs> in the role of a spanish character yeah which i don't think is something that would fly today nor should it mm-hmm. not to say anything about mandy patinkin's performance he's wonderful but he's still a white actor being cast you know with an accent p- putting on an accent to be a spanish character um but that all aside, the performances in the scene between the two of them are incredible. The way the 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 chills I get when he when he starts fighting back with that sword and just starts saying that line, "Hello, my name is mm-hmm. Indigo yeah. Kill my father prepared." I mean, we all know the line, but it's like I I get chills just talking about it. And it's the score too, the way the score punctuates every hit of that sword, and it's. It's just a beautiful scene. You know what would have made it even be- 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 better for me, what I thought when I saw it, is if he start, if he had been stabbed on the other side and was like, mm-hmm. had to fight with his left hand and then somehow oh, got you it wanted switched the left to his right. To come back in. Yeah, yeah, That's that would have been interesting. cool. Oh, that is cool. It would have been cool if they had brought that back. That's true. Um, I, 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 I love also that he and this they don't really make a big deal about this like they don't talk about it but I love that he also every wound yep. he gives back is the same wound that was given to him. Yes. Hmm. Which is very poetic I think. Um, Indigo is definitely one of my favorite characters in this movie. Again I just I I love his sense of humor. I've always been a person who has been most attracted not necess- not just physically attracted but just I'm most interested in the character with the sense of humor yes and I feel like Indigo is very funny he's very sm- uh, he's very um 
I just love everything about him. And uh, I remember when I saw this movie as a kid, like the, 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 the absolute devastation I felt when that rat, ca- the count like pulls the, the knife out and gets him in the gut. I was like, I was like Fred Savage in that moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way they're going to kill the best fucking character in this movie. Like you can't do that to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so to see him triumph there. Yeah. Is, I mean, it's just, it's satisfying. And, and right now when there's so little to be satisfied mm-hmm. with, it feels good to get a little, just get for the good guys to get. Yeah. Away. It feels and, good. And that's something else that like he wouldn't have died like the um the count wouldn't have died if he hadn't had the hubris to be like oh well you're obviously dead like i don't need to concern myself with you like i'm just gonna stand over you and be like ha 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 i hurt you you're gonna die like yeah you know he didn't do the whole thing so mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely it's very love conquers all <laughs> yeah i mean it's the love of his father and we didn't really yeah. talk about this uh, too much but there's a lot of moments of of magic like actual magic in the movie where like indigo the love of his father guides the sword to the tree where the pit of despair like the hidden entrance uh the uh miracle max his miracle i think we can Feed? assume Nut? is probably based on love love is the power that a lot like it seems like maybe he's kind of a bad miracle maker <laughs> like he, even he's not sure if that pill's gonna work. Yeah. Um. And maybe he is more talented than he lets on. But I think we can perhaps assume that love makes that transformation more potent. I mean, however, than like would have been the reason that he decided to help him was for revenge. Uh. Well, love brought his wife out of the of the back and once she once Valerie got involved I think it was pretty much written in stone what was going to happen like Valerie wasn't going to let them leave that hut without something yeah but yeah he got excited about the job once he realized it was about sticking it to Humperdinck for sure Mm -hmm. but Valerie had already kind of made the decision and said this is what's happening um so sorry I hope you guys can't hear that child crying right outside my door (laughs) i think she's looking for a grown-up who's not in here um okay so uh humperdinck is not murdered which is interesting they decide to leave him alive Mm -hmm. and uh and then everybody rides off into the sunset can we talk about literally what buttercup falling onto the horse how they shot her like well, She's she like, falls into Fezzik's arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's very dreamy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, if she did fall onto the horse, I think there would have been some <laughs> some problems with her lady parts. It's probably not a not advisable to land on a horse from that distance. Oh gosh. Without seeing your uh without seeing your gynecologist afterwards. Um okay. Final thoughts on the end of the uh Well, on the, oh yes, let's definitely talk about the end of the book. But first of all, final thoughts on The Princess Bride. Any final thoughts? I mean, it's great. I know it's problematic, but it's great. Yes. (laughs) I I think that sums it up. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's very, Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Sarah. It's very entertaining. It's very sass, sass satisfying um i've seen it so many times that like there was nothing that surprised me or mm-hmm. it was just like comforting i guess when I oh absolutely mm-hmm. um but yeah i think i think that nails it right uh we the movie is i think by my uh, my standards today for narratives for women as problematic but there's a lot of other things to love i do think that it's representation of masculinity and goodness and what a good man is, mm-hmm. I think is actually very in line with what I, what, what I in line with the values that I like to see in a movie uh, men are, uh, you know, they have principles and they care about the people around them and they lead with what's in their heart. And I think that's, that's a beautiful message. Um, so that part of it is great. Uh, what the women and whether or not they have any agency, that's the part where it's problematic. But this is a beautiful movie. I stand by it. I obviously showed it to my kids. 
Uh, and uh, and it makes me feel good when I watch it. And the writing is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justine, can you tell us a little bit about the ending of the book that I don't remember at all? Maybe I didn't make it to the end. Maybe I gave up. I don't know. In the book, they all die. (laughs) They do. Kind of. It's a cliffhanger because there's a supposed sequel, but it's like, it leads to like, um, it's like Fezzik's horse throws a shoe, Indigo's wound Mm -hmm. reopens, um, right. Wesley relapses and Humperdinck is right on their trail and that's how it ends. Ugh, Ew. What a fucking bummer. That's the 2020 version <laughs> of this movie. Oh my God. That's like if they were, if the 2020 reboot, you know, if, if we were, yeah, I don't care for that at all. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they, yeah, I'm, how I'm glad Rob Reiner movie. was like, let's not though. Rob Reiner better- stepped in and was like, no, no, no. That's the not five best movie. kisses, and this surpasses <laughs> the five best kisses. And then the end for Fred Savage. What do you is think like, the other? What do you think the other five were? In nineteen eighty-seven, maybe <laughs> like kidding. Adam and Eve. I don't know. I'm Adam kidding. and Eve's kiss. You know, certainly after they got kicked out of the garden. Cleopatra um, and uh, what's his face? Alexander Z- 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 the Great. I don't know. Were they they a couple? I don't know my history. Mm. Antony. Um, Antony. I'm sorry. Antony. King Arthur and Guinevere and Queen King Arthur together. Yeah, I guess so. It would have to be them. Uh, Probably like Bogey and Lauren Bacall, right? We'll throw them in there. (laughs) Uh, And then. um, Sam and Diane and Cheers. Sam and Diane and Cheers. Yep, that's the five. That's the five right there. That's the five. You got it. You nailed it. All hetero kisses. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no! You're right. You're right. Bad. No, I'm wagging my finger at us for. You're absolutely right. Um. Okay. So. Okay. Before we get to the Bechdel test, my husband and my brother-in-law did a fun, <laughs> a fun exercise together where we were like, if they rebooted this movie today, like who would the cast be? Oh. Um. So, does anyone want to play that game with me real quick? Because I have a whole list. Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> um, hmm. And no pressure because I'm just throwing this uh, out, out there. But any uh, who would you who would be a good Wesley if we were to reboot oh, this man. today? Adam Driver. No, I'm kidding. Uh, don't <laughs> think I didn't so- cast. Don't think I didn't put Adam Driver in this cast. I did, but oh, not as any, Wesley. Any 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 go. He he would be. No, I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna a span- go with a Spanish actor. Spanish who's actor. Not white. Yeah, that's true. That's for true. that role. <laughs> if you want to go ahead and jump to it, we just we settled on Pedro Pascal Ooh, for oh. in, in, Indigo Montoya. We thought he'd make. I also thought um, Diego Luna would make. Yes, it and I think he played him in they. They did a re. Everybody did. Anybody watch that remake of where everybody did like famous actors did just little bits of the movie. I saw the clip posted. with Paul Rudd in the speech. Yeah, Paul Rudd as Wesley. Yeah, that was a good one. Paul Rudd. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what about Wesley? Who would play Wesley? Hmm. Chris Pine. I did. I thought. I thought of that. I thought Chris Pine would make a great Wesley. I also had Chris Hemsworth. Um, Chris Hemsworth because yeah, I think he's hot yeah. and funny. Like I yes. think he's a good action star. And he's he very is. funny. He is. Uh, and also, here's kind of a wild horse. But I think Bill Hader might make a good Wesley. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. I, I or I because I think he's demonstrated through Barry that he is in fact hot. He's hot, yeah. Uh, what about uh, we've already talked about Indigo? What about uh, Fezzik, the giant? I mean, we need to cast a, a giant, the Rock, or so a wrestler. The Rock. I said the Rock. I thought the Rock would be a good choice. John Cena, maybe. Uh, <laughs> or uh, ultimately, we settled on Dave Batista. There you go. Okay. We thought he would make a good Fezzik. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vincini, I feel like there's only one person who could do this and who could step into uh, Wallace Shawn's shoes. Who, um, could, who do you oh think? Oh my God. Oh my God. What's his name? What's his fucking name? What was he in? Um, he's in Big Mouth. Oh. Um, oh my. Are you talking he's about. On, uh, he's also. Jason Manzukis? Yes. Oh God, I hadn't even thought of that. But yes, he would be great as Vincini. I yes. would love to see Jay- Jason Manzukas as Vincini. Uh, we we said Peter Dinklage would make a good uh, Vincini. Oh. Yes, he would be a good Vincini yes. too. Yes. Yeah. Okay, here's a good one. Buttercup. Ooh. Robert Redford. 
Robin Wright. No, I'm just kidding. I love Robin <laughs> Wright. <laughs> It'll be great. Do we have to cast someone as white? We, no, I didn't. Donna. That's who I wrote. That's literally who I wrote down, Justine, is Zoe Saldana. I thought she would make a great buttercup because I'd like our I'd like our reboot of Buttercup to be a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, have a little more agency, and yeah. I think Zoe Saldana would be great. Yeah. All right, Sarah, can you guess who I cast as Prince Humperdinck? <laughs> no, it, it, Adam Driver. <laughs> I did because I was like, you know what? I want my Prince Humperdinck <laughs> to have a little bit more dimension. Nice. Because I think Adam Driver could come in there and play that that bad character, but give him a little bit more depth. Mm. Give him a little bit more sides to him other than just evil. Can Christopher Guest still play um, the Count? I literally wrote down Christopher Guest as the Count. <laughs> I'm not recasting that role. I'm not recasting it. There's no point. Oh my gosh. I we'll love how we thought the Guest same can. thing. I also thought Karen Culkin would make a good Prince Hubbarding. Karen Culkin from oh, Secession. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I love Karen Culkin. Uh, what about the albino? I have albino. two down here. The albino. Are there any from- albino... A- actors i didn't write any down but uh hmm. i don't know mm. i i th- i thought jack black or zach elfinakis would make oh. a good albino Ooh, yeah both yeah. of them i don't know why i find them interchangeable they're not interchangeable <laughs> i'm either one of them okay this was really fun miracle max and valerie oh gosh don't make me recast. <laughs> I know. It's hard. I love them. They're still alive. They can still play play those parts. They had a lot of age. Yeah, they were, they'd, actually, they'd literally be old now. Yeah. But I was also thinking I'd love to see Hannibal Burris as Miracle Max. Oh my gosh. Okay. And yes. Kristen Schaal or Jenny Slate as uh, Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate. Yes. Yeah. But they'd wear the old age makeup, so they'd still look <laughs> absurd. Like Hannibal Burris would be like wearing old age makeup, obviously. <laughs> Anyway, like that's it. my dream. That's my dream cast for the reboot. Uh, Hollywood, come call me. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, they were talking about reboot. a reboot, and everybody on the internet said no. Well, I don't actually want a reboot of the Princess Bride. Like, we don't have to remake everything. Yeah, maybe in ten years. Mm, well, I'm I, I, I don't know that you can. I don't think you can improve. A, uh, aside from the fact that I would it. like Buttercup to have a little bit more of a story, and an arc uh, other than mm-hmm. that i don't really think you can I, yeah I, I don't think there's much you can improve upon i don't really want them to add another hour to this movie yeah. no let's not make it a mini series um you know although adam driver's prince humperdinck <laughs> i'm into it <laughs> i am into it <laughs> all right real quick i don't think this is going to take us long spoilers i don't think this is going to take us long but let's do the bechdel test okay spoilers it, uh, yeah, does okay. this movie have more than one female character in it? Yes. Yes. Do they have names? Yes. Yes. They do. Do any women in this movie talk to each other? They're not even in the same room. Actually, no. The There's witch. The one. Yeah. The witch. The witch, old witch, witch, hag witch who, in the, the nightmare. old hag who, who yells at her in the nightmare. She doesn't what have does a name. About doesn't have a name. But does the old she... hag talk to her about something other than a man? Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> they have the only conversation they have is about how she. Didn't stay with Wesley. Yeah. 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 Wow. We didn't even get into that woman and why she has to look that way. Uh, (laughs) That's a whole bag of worms. I like her aesthetic, though. I was watching. I was like, that's me. That's me in quarantine with the frizzy hair and the pile of blankets. Blanket chic. (laughs) Me. (laughs) Blanket chic. Oh, my God. Uh yeah, so I would say that this movie does not pass the Bechdel test. No, it nope. fails with flying it, colors. It really does. It fails spectacularly at the Bechdel test. Uh, welcome to Plug It Up. Uh, this is the part of the show where we um, talk about all the amazing things that our guests are up to uh, and a couple things maybe that we're doing that you might be interested in. Uh Let's kick it over to Justine. Justine, tell us about some cool stuff that you're working on. Yeah. Something I forgot to mention last time was that a film I had edited last year is now on Netflix. So Ooh, that's amazing. Hi. Yay. <laughs> What's it called? Oh, awesome. It's called Good Kisser. Good Kisser. Okay. I'm going to have to yeah. check this out. Yeah. It's a lesbian 
uh, romance. I love it. Nice. You know. <laughs> so good kisser on Netflix. Go check that out. And uh, what else you working on? Yeah, I've got this podcast called Pot Appetit where we're watching all these food shows. It's brand new in our rebranding. We used to be covering just Bon Appetit, but we're not doing that anymore. And so, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah. Pot Appetit, Gourmet Takes, uh, find everywhere. And our social media handles are usually at pod underscore appetit. Love it. And you know, I love those food shows. So this is like perfect mm-hmm. for me. Because now I can find out, like, uh, what should I be watching? Totally. To feed my food show obsession. (laughs) Uh, That's great. Um, Anything else? Anything else that uh, you would like to plug or any places you'd like people to follow you at? Oh, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mixtape Montage. Which I love. That is a great name. (laughs) Thank you. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect name. Um, Sarah, do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, just my blog at www.sarahallisonhodges.com. Um, I put up something new each month. Um, personal store stories because I've been working on a personal essay book, but I'm also uh, working on a sci-fi mm-hmm. thing right now. So, do you think you'd ever? You think you might ever put us some excerpts of stuff you're working on, like up on the blog? Maybe, Ooh, maybe a little, little tasty, little appetizer. <laughs> sure, I'm just possibly. I'm just... I don't know. <laughs> well, you won't know unless you go read Sarah's. You blog. have to so check in find. every day. Check in. Um, Can they subscribe to it at this point, or like mm, it is? No, you just no. You just visit it. Yeah, excellent. Well, we can do yeah. that. We're always visiting sites in quarantine. What else are we gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so go check out Sarah's blog. And uh, can you say the uh, web address for us one more time? www.sarah with an H, Allison with one L, Hodges, H-O-D-G-E-S dot com. Love it. Um, all right. A couple things I'd like to plug. Uh, Critical Crop Top, uh, which is the gr- production company that produces this podcast we also produce some other things like live comedy shows uh and we are uploading a sketch every week uh from the archives of our live shows so uh you can check out uh some of our the best of our live show sketches they're going up on uh, critical crop tops youtube channel every week uh so critical crop top on youtube you can also find the vidcast of this podcast so if you're listening to us in your ears and you want to see Justine dancing like she is right now, uh, you can go uh, and, and you want to see Sarah's beautiful outfit. Sarah's really uh, bringing on the fashion to entice you to watch this vidcast. Uh, you can find us on the Critical Crop Top YouTube channel. Uh, and you can follow Critical Crop Top at Critical Crop Top on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, to find out what, what other crazy shit we're doing. Like, yeah. for example... The Adam and Andy podcast. I'm sorry, I I interrupted. No, dud to dud, dud to dud, all you want. I'm going to wait. Thank you. Uh, The Adam and Andy podcast, a podcast where Sarah and I, for some reason, uh, have decided that we're going to watch all of Adam Sandler and, uh, fuck, not Adam Sandler. God, God, that would be miserable. Uh, Look, I don't hate Adam Sandler, but I have no desire to watch his entire filmography. 51st Dates? Just kidding. I do like 51st Dates, and I love The Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer? Yes, I love love The Wedding Singer. But there's a lot of other stuff in there that I don't need to see. Um, Adam Driver and Andy Samberg were watching their entire filmographies and their TV stuff and their SNL appearances. We're going to do it all. Their YouTube stuff pre-SNL. I mean, just oh yeah, one, we're one, digging one, it all. One of out. them, yeah, we're digging it all out. Actually, a lot of short films that Adam Driver was in before he was famous, somebody has uploaded them all to YouTube. Wow, so, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, uh, we'll just have like an Adam Driver short film showcase. Um, anyway, if you want to uh, indulge us in our in our obsessive behavior, uh, please listen to the Adam and Andy podcast. Um, uh, you can find us on Spotify. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher. And you can follow us on the social medias at Adam and Andy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Adam Andy Pod on Twitter. 
shit. Should that's we, a lot of stuff. Should we have named it the Adam and Andy Thirst Podcast? No, I'm just kidding. That's that's too long. I mean, and that is it's that's that's that's, that's that's the secret handshake name. Yeah, it's the Adam and Andy Thirst Podcast, where we'll be thirsting after those actors. The quarantine thirst never stops on this show. Uh, and of course, uh, you can follow this podcast, the one that you're listening to right now, the Feminine Mistake Podcast at Feminine Mistake Pod on Facebook and Instagram, and on Twitter at Femistake Pod. Yeah, those are the places. Those are the places where you can find us. Uh, and I hope you'll let us know what you think of the Princess Bride. Um, what did? How? What do you? Have you read the book? How do you think it compares? Like Justine and I, are you much happier with the film's ending than with the book ending? I do remember that ending now, Justine. Mm-hmm. I remember reading it and being like, "Fuck you!" I mean, I was only <laughs> thirteen, but I was like, "Fuck you! How dare you!" Uh, I do remember the outrage I felt now uh, reading the ending of that. Um, so tell us what you think, uh, or if you've got any suggestions for films that you would like us to cover on this show, uh, you can of course, uh, you can of course slide into our DMS. Is that a mm. thing people still do? <laughs> yeah, but usually they want to have sex with the person they're slash slash Just slide into. on in those DMS, slide on in those DMS and talk to us about movies, uh, in a totally appropriate fashion. <laughs> Please don't send me dick pics. Oh my God. I don't want them. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. It we we've come to the end of our discussion about Princess Bride. Ended uh, on a dick pic note. I'm just let's just go out on a on a on an erect note. Uh, Justine, <laughs> thank you for being on the show and putting up with our shit. Uh, thank, you thank you for so having much. me. We have had so much fun having you on. I hope you'll uh, I hope you'll come back sometime. Of and course, yeah. we'll, we'd love to have you on to talk about another. And film now we can because because Justine is far away from us and. But through the, the internet, magic of Zoom and Zencaster. The, the internet connects us. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is the thing we're doing. 